I'm Orv Kimbrough, Chairman and CEO of Midwest Bank Center, St. Louis's second largest privately owned bank. We are the proud sponsor, Form Focus, because when we dream big, we all rise together. Welcome to Form Focus, the podcast, Construction Forum. I'm Tom Finan, the Executive Director and Co-Founder of the Forum. On Forum Focus, you'll hear the stories of stakeholders in the St. Louis region's built environment. They're working to create inclusive, robust employment and economic growth. Forum Focus is diverse, it's unbiased, and it's civil. Growing up in University City, Cordell Sawyer always liked to read. While he was working a job as a janitor to support his family, he read a book on creating generational wealth. The author suggested three paths, stock, real estate, or entrepreneurship. Soon Cordell was taking money that he made as a union carpenter, where he was one of the first apprentices to take advantages of the Carpenters Associate Degree Program, and investing it in real estate. In 2009, when the building economy turned down, he took the leap to found his own construction company, Sled Rock Construction. That's a play on his name in reverse. He started his business with a business plan in hand that he had developed by enrolling in a program and once again reading and studying. The path has not always been simple since then, but Cordell has continued to read, learn, and to network and to build connections that many in his position as an MBE contractor outside traditional networks find hard to master. Today, Sled Rock has worked on highly visible projects in our region with some of the area's most respected contractors. Let's listen to our conversation with Cordell Sawyer. Uh, I've always been an avid reader, and, uh, you know, just reading at the time, you know, as I was a janitor, just trying to figure out my path in life, was not happy in the job I was at. Like, I was a janitor at Boston State, driving a floor scrub out of the garage, and just trying to figure out, you know, you know, how to acquire some wealth, you know, for, for me and my family, you know, trying to break the, genera- the generational curses of poverty. And uh, read this book and was inspired by, you know, about how, you know, just read about successful people and how people, you know, acquire wealth. And they said, you know, people don't acquire wealth by working a nine to five, you know. And they like the three paths of acquiring wealth were real estate, owning your own business or uh, uh, investing in the stock market. And then I just like they chose what what I what seemed like the most logical course for, for myself of those three. Like, okay, which one of these do I want to pursue? And the real estate seemed to be the most tangible, you know, thing in my mind. Okay, so did you buy properties or what did you? How did you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, when I started, uh, I got into the corporate and apprenticeship. I think I bought my first house uh, maybe when I was a second or third term apprentice. Okay. And, and and had been buying houses really all the way up until I started my business. And then uh, all of the capital and stuff that I had been saving and making went more to, you know, investing in the business to get Slit Rock up and running. So you, you did the carpentry for 10 years, went through your apprenticeship, and then the recession hit. And you, mm-hmm. and you were investing all along, though, in the real estate, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, but I, I was committed to the carpentry, uh, to, to the carpenters. Uh, I had I, I had also gone back to school. I was going through my apprenticeship 
I had got the, the associate's degree that you could get uh, through the carpenter by, by using their uh, journeyman certificate plus going to college and getting so many college uh, credits. Uh, so I got that associate's degree through Forest Park Community College. They said at the time I was the first person to ever get that degree because uh, it had only been, uh, they had only set that up maybe a couple years prior to that. But I was the first person that had went straight through and, you know, my apprenticeship and, and got that, got that degree. And then with my relationship, I had always participated in the unions, gone to the meetings, got to know people. So I, uh, once I became journeyman, I was on, got on the district council, uh, had, you know, made a lot of friends in the corporate industry. So I, I worked pretty steady until the, the recession. Then you went to the, you took a class at Grace Hill. Is that what you said in business? Yes. I, I took the Grace Hill next level entrepreneurship business class, which they, uh, taught it out at, uh, at, 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 on the Washington campus. Uh, okay. At, they had they had a room out there that they that I don't know if they rented it or did Washington donated it to them or whatever. It was on the Washington campus that they taught this class. It was uh, if I'm think remembering correctly, it, it was ten or twelve weeks, a ten or twelve week business class. And, and that was uh, back in 08? Was that when you were talking? No, about? this was back in '09. Okay, '09. Okay. This was back in '09. Okay. So it's a 10 or 12 week class on entrepreneurship. You decided to form the business and what happened after you formed the business? How did, how did it go? Uh, naturally things were very slow. Um, I, 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 through my business plan, I had did a market analysis, you know, to see, you know, what was out there, what the opportunities were for a new business coming in. And I understood what, you know, what, what my business plan told me, you know, after doing my map, doing my market analysis, where the entry point was for staying. Cause I, I was a union carpenter and I wanted to stay in the union. I had great relationships with them. I communicated that to the unions, you know, uh, to, to uh, the carpenters leadership at the time. So I, I communicated to them the whole while what I was doing, you know, the direction I was headed and knowing that, uh, doing my business analysis, I knew that, uh, this B union, I couldn't do residential stuff because most homeowners don't, you know, don't hire union carpenters, you know. So after doing my business analysis, the smallest entry point to come in was to do, um, I can only afford to do residential, you know, based on, you know, uh, my capacity, my finances. So I looked at uh, doing business to business, which was with non-for-profits, uh, uh, housing authorities, uh, real estate companies that had a, you know, uh, uh, a lot of houses, you know, that they dealt with and were part of. And I pursued it like that, you know, as my entry point. Okay. And and as I grew, you know, because uh, first, you know, I, I was doing all of the work physically myself. Then, you know, as, as things, you know, started getting more work, able to start hiring uh, other carpenters, you know. And I, after we, you know, Got, got, after I achieved enough capacity, we started doing uh, just commercial work, you know, which, I mean, which was always, you know, the direction that we were headed in. Okay. So when did you actually start doing commercial work? Probably in 2013, we got our first commercial job. Uh, we'll return to our conversation with Cordell Sawyer after this message from the forum. Listen, as Mark Bielicki of Laborers Local 110 explains why COVID vaccination is important to him. 
COVID uh, vaccination is very important. There's a lot of lives around us that have perished. And um, it also affected me, my family. It took my 51-year-old girlfriend on Thanksgiving Day last year, 2020. Uh, I also myself was in the hospital in grave danger of dying. So I think that helping the world better so we don't have this stuff happen to us, our family members, our co-workers, those in our community, they're the people that we're going to help when we get vaccinated. It's not about I, I, me, me. It's about us. It takes a village, and we got to do this together. So please, everyone, get vaccinated because it's the people that are coming behind us is why we're building this wonderful society in a safe manner. For more information, go to VaxFactsSTL.com. That's V-A-X-F-A-C-T-S-S-T-L.com. Let's return to our conversation with Cordell Sawyer. So it was in 2013 that you uh, got your first commercial project? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we did the Love Travel Stop over on North Broadway. We did most of the interior carpentry work. And uh, that job was a referral from the carpenters. Okay. And how big was that project? Uh, we ran up about eight guys. So uh, for, for uh, it was our first large project. So for, for us, that was a large time. But we were, it was probably about 180, 190,000. Okay. And so you, how, is, how has the business gone since then? What are, what are the things you've done over the years? Uh, we've, had, we've, had some, we've been on some, uh, some, some significant projects in the city. We've done a Union Station a Hotel remodel headhouse, which is 66 rooms and five suites. Uh, we've done that uh, with fixture contracting and, and under Parrot, which is a Parrot's job. Uh, we we did the uh, Missouri Botanical Garden Visitor Center. We did the, the metal stud framing and drywalling there, which was an Alvarese job. We worked on the campus renewal phase one underwater house, uh, doing wall protection, and uh, we mm-hmm. worked on phase two uh, on, on from the pre-construction, uh, and, and we're still there to this day as it's wrapping up on phase two uh, the, of, of the Queenie Tower demolition project okay and uh how many folks have you or have you got working there at this point uh now that job is coming wrapping up to an end so uh i mean but the building is pretty much down i think we're down to two people down there now yes yeah, so that job is about over okay but we've been on there three years so it's it was a nice job for us okay so what are the biggest issues that you faced in trying to grow your business? Uh, capital for small businesses is always an issue. Uh, uh, cash flow, you know, management, uh, contract uh, uh, negotiations, disputes, resolutions. Uh, at one point, it was it was a lot of uh, being a carpenter. I was always able to get good guys, you know, because I, you know, I had relationships. I was always uh, I I wasn't like the typical guy who started, you know. Whereas, you know, you had to call a hall to get somebody. Because I was a carpenter myself and worked in the industry, 
and was very active in the industry. I knew a lot of carpenters, so I was always calling my friends. So I was always able to get people, you know, who were, if, if they may have been staples with other companies, but they were off and would come work for me. And then when I was working, that's uh, when we really started out, the bigger companies would always try to hire my guys away from me. You know, okay. I, I wouldn't have the workflow to, you know, to keep them going or, you know, even if we, we get started on a project and it comes to be like, how do you get this good guy? And then, you know, next thing you know, my guy tell me, hey man, they offered me a job. And I'm like, and I'd always tell them, hey, if you like what we're doing, give me more of it. Don't take my guys, you know, I'm like I'm trying to build a company. <laughs> you know, if you take my guys, then, you know, what can I do? Coming up as a carpenter, did you encounter issues as a black man that you feel that other people wouldn't encounter in the industry? Uh, I mean, yes, I would say to a degree because, uh, I mean, I didn't have the relationships, you know, people, but I'm sure most companies probably will encounter it because if they don't know you, the companies don't know you, they, they're, they're always skeptical or hesitant about dealing with you or doing business with you. Uh, I've realized the natural assumption is, you know, being a being a, a minority and being a small business is that we don't know what we're doing. So it's always that 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 hurdle, that obstacle to overcome, you know. And and I don't think that we get the chance that you know that that if if we if I was not a minority, some of the opportunities we I think would have come more easier, more more easily than than uh they had come in. Uh, you know, being a minority, because you know, it, it's just that 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 added layer of, of of something else that people are like. Well, hold up, you know, who is this guy? You know, he's a minority. You know, he's a field guy. He doesn't know business. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. So, versus, uh, some people would say that that okay, that they're you're getting this set aside and. The, that's helping you and you're saying actually it can be a detriment because people think you don't know what you're doing yeah i mean because they're not just giving the set aside away people assume that you're getting these the the set aside but i mean just being a minority company doesn't get you the set aside i mean okay. when i first started out you know it was my intent you know i was wide-eyed and ambitious like i think most people are when they start their business thinking that you know i was going to get a lot of work i'm like they say they need minority contractors i'm a minority contractor so now you know the floodgates are going to open and i was bidding stuff and throwing bids out to people getting no response no feedback or whatever and i was like man i was like they said they need minority contractors but nobody talking to me and then finally when somebody gave me some feedback they was like well we don't know you you know they was like well uh like so, just because you're a minority, you know, we need some minority participation. We're not just gonna give it to give it to you, you know, because we don't know who you are. We don't know what you're capable of. And they, they say you could have a good number and send it in to us. They say we're, they, they say they're gonna ask around the room on bid day. Who knows sled rock? And if don't nobody know you in the room, you know, then they're gonna totally disregard it. You know, they're not gonna say, oh, well, we need minority participation. Well, we're gonna use them regardless. It, it, that just doesn't happen. And so how did you turn this? How'd you turn that situation around? How'd uh, you get out and be known? Looking at my business plan, you know, strategizing, writing a strategic plan about, you know, once the, the you know the, the stars dimmed in, in, in my eyes about, you know, how, how easy it was going to be, and I realized, you know, that that it, it required some additional things. Then I started, you know, writing a strategic plan about, okay, 
what do I need to do? I took that feedback, you know, that the person finally gave me about no one knowing me and said, okay, then that is an obstacle, you know, that I need to overcome. How do I do this? I started going, joining uh, trade organizations, you know, start going to, you know, all of the meetings, all of the networking events, you know, that I could make it to just trying to be in the room with the people, you know, and get to know them and, and allow them to get to know me. And that created the opportunities. So you, you basically, one of the issues that, that, and you talked about it, access to capital, and that's whoever you are, but minority business, generational wealth is not there, so you can't put your house on the line because you don't have the house to put on the line, but you actually took the money you were making as a carpenter, developed equity that you could use to bankroll the business, and then worked with the plan. Is that pretty well it? Well, like I my situation was a little bit more fortunate, whereas, you know, people say they can't put, they couldn't put their house on the line. Actually, like I said, because I own, I own real estate. Therefore, mm-hmm, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah you, therefore, I did have a property that I could leverage, you know, for, for, you know, get a loan on, get some financing, you know, to help bankroll the business. So, but you used, you, you took your wages as a carpenter and yes. used that to buy the real estate. Yes. And leverage your way up, basically. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So where is your business located now? We uh, have a physical location over on uh, Woodson Road, right off uh, right off St. Charles Rock Road in Woodson. Okay. So uh, we've been here uh, going on a year now. So how many carpenters are you working at peak? We, we have expanded and we just don't, we don't just work carpenters. Now, but okay. uh, we are uh, we we have car we're sitting to, to the carpenters and the laborers. So and we have expanded, you know, because we started off as a specialty carpentry contractor and we only did carpentry. Over the last couple of years, we have expanded and now uh, uh, we do small general contracting and uh, we're sitting to, to the laborers as well. So a uh, combined workforce, we're running about twenty six guys now. Okay. And where do you want to be in two or three years? Uh, I'm hoping to, 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 to pretty much double that in the next two or three years if, uh, on the trajectory that we are, you know, and with some right moves and right connections. Okay, and that's just continuing to work contacts and build visibility out in the community? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and, and leverage some of, you know, the the relationships that we that I've uh, built and maintained, you know, uh, over these 11 years now that we've been in business, you know, I mean, that, that has been the, 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 the key to growth, you know, is, uh, constantly, you know, make, making new relationships, but leveraging the ones that you have. So who are some of the best relationships you built in the industry over the years? Uh, fixture contracting, we have had a great relationship with them. They were actually the last carpentry contractor that I worked for, uh, before I started my business. And uh, once I started my business, uh, because I, I mean, I, I knew at that time it was the owner was Jim Sauer, but uh, he just sold the company to, uh, to uh, Greg Pizer, but had a great relationship with them. And uh, we continued to work with them. Okay. And so you had the, you had a strong relationship with him. And who else? Yes. Now? Uh, Parrick has been a, a, a good partner. Uh, they've created a lot of opportunities for us. Uh, 
Kay Dean, we've got the note, we've gotten to know them and work well with them. Uh, McCarthy, we, we are uh, growing our relationship with them and uh, le leveraging those relationships and trying to capitalize on some opportunities there. Hmm. So um, what questions haven't I asked you at this point that you thought I was going to ask you? Uh, probably more about uh, the maybe about the, 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 the financial part. Okay. Uh, I mean, although I may, like I did leverage, leverage my way up, you know, capital yeah. uh, was an issue then and continues to be an issue now. It is uh, the, the hardest part uh, uh, of running the business. Uh, we still struggle, you know, uh, I mean, and getting getting the financing in place, you know, I mean, it's, I mean we're still building, you know, try, trying to work our way up. So that is all always have been and I guess you know for minority companies or small companies, you know always will be an issue is that a function Banks of payment like terms or is it a function of simply getting access to capital getting access to capital I mean because you you need the access to capital just to get started mm -hmm. I mean, the payment terms is an issue you know throughout our industry mm -hmm. i mean that 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 that's that's an issue just to, that that is a a construction which I, I mean, it, it predates me, you know, and well, and, and for some reason, they, they, it's just been widely adopted and accepted in my industry, the 60, 90, 120 day payment terms, which is just unfathomable, you know, but that, 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 that is an industry issue that, that definitely needs to be addressed, uh, and, and even more so for, for small, emerging businesses, uh, minority women and otherwise. Okay. Uh, how do you think we'll fix that? <laughs> uh, it really takes the owner's involvement, you know, I mean, or the owner's commitment for that. I mean, they, I'm sure they understand that, you know, because they, they're, they're running, you know, the owners are, you know, running big corporations and business. So they, they know how instrumental cash flow is to their organization. So why they wouldn't, uh, apply the same kind of logic in dealing with, you know, the, the contractors is, you know, beyond my comprehension. Okay. I mean, cash flow is needed. In, in, in every facet of business, so to, to have people, you know, financing your project, you know, from two months to between two to six months, you know, before you pay them is really asking a lot. So your your friend Ron Untreiner has has been beating that drum a lot recently, right? Yes, sir. So is he? Is yes, it sir. helped? Uh, Ron, Ron has brought a lot of attention to the plights of the. MBE, WBE, and small emerging businesses. And I, I think, you know, he has, you know, it has helped. It's still a lot, a lot of work to be done, a, a long way to go. But, I mean, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, <laughs> so it's it, it just taking steps, you know, and hoping, you know, that, that at some point, you know, we can turn the tide on it. Thanks for your time today. Oh, no problem at all. No, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk.
Thank you for listening to our conversation with Cordell Sawyer on Forum Focus. I'm your host, Tom Finan.